never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd It's time for another new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. The only podcast, the only goods and commodities not affected by the Evergreen being stuck in the Suez Canal. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris. And this week, I'm joined by Phil. Howdy doody. How's it going, man? I don't know. I think I might be stuck in that Suez Canal. I know. That's how my <laughs> mind feels right now. It's crazy. All right. So we have a lot... On the go this week, we're going to be talking about movie theater plans for WB and Disney. We're going to be talking about Discord. We're going to be talking about the global chip shortage yet again. We're going to be talking about some GameSpot news and the eventual return of cons. How does that sound, Phil? That sounds like a jam-packed episode, my friend. Yep, it's a busy one. It's a busy one, that's for sure. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, Phil, how was your week? I, uh, you know what? It was, it was a okay. Um, a little bit disappointed that Snowpiercer kind of banked its last two episodes into next week, but that's okay. Makes sense. And um, I finally got caught up on Resident Alien. I had skipped a week. And that show is the master of cliffhangers from episode to episode. Right. So I'm I'm happy to see that continue on. And apparently it's being renewed for a second season. So I'm very pleased that the series is going to continue to breathe and develop. Because it's definitely one of my, I don't know, my um, dark horse picks. For sure, it's, uh, it, it's bl- blossomed into a really good show for me. And, uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Jay and Silent Bob and Dogma and the reboot and comic book men. And, my God, I even went to my comic book store this week. Wow. It was crazy. Why would you do such a thing? Well, you know what? I was just feeling really stuck inside. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know me. I've been really good. During this whole pandemic, sorry about the shuffling there. Um, really good during this pandemic about um, keeping indoors and following all the guidelines and whatnot. And I thought to myself yesterday, I just thought, you know what? I'd like to support some local business beyond getting some takeout. Yeah. And and things like that. And I thought it'd be healthy to park my car in the furthest parking spot, go for a walk, and along said route. Um, drop into my local shop if there's not a lot of people in it. Now, luckily, they had signs up that said, you know, two customers at a time only. So it was easy to survey that the shop was indeed pretty quiet. I went in, 
And I wanted to get my hands on issues um, Marvel released this week, Alien. Yeah. And it used to be a Dark Horse title. And you guys saw that I collected the crap out of the Dark Horse titles back in the day. Yep. And I thought, you know what? This is kind of fun. I, I bought a digital copy of it. I was aware that there was a bunch of variant covers. So I went into my comic shop and I, you know, the guy immediately, we got caught up. Uh, haven't seen each other in a number of years, but we've, I've been going to that comic shop my entire life. And he's been working there and I went to school with him, Steve Gilbert. Yep. And he writes his own comic book as well. He's self-published. And anyhow, I was just like, you know what? I want to collect this alien. I picked up his last two variant covers. And then on the wall, he has a whole bunch. Because I guess I'm still new to this game. All right. Tyler, I know, is immersed in it. I feel so bad. Because for me as a customer, it was kind of cool. And he's like, well, if you order 25 issues, you get one of these issues yep. with this variant cover. Yep. And he's like, if you order... Uh, uh, every store that orders the Alien comic gets one of these covers yep. only. So he's like, there's only about 2,000 to 3,000 of these floating around as far as that goes. He's like, it's not a general circulation one. It's just one copy per store. Yep. And then there's another one where each store gets two copies. And I picked up the one copy per store. I like nice. the artwork on it. And you know what? It, it's funny because I, I got back and I just happened to just like browse eBay. It's way early and I don't have any plans on selling these or moving them. They're, they're, they're already long boxed. They're already yep. in with the other aliens in Mylar bags and, and everything. And I'm like, just forget about them for another 30 years. I don't care. Right. Yeah. And, um, but I already see one of the variant covers that I picked up is going for well over $40 and it was my least favorite cover i just grabbed yeah. it because it was on the table <laughs> and i'm like wow man okay so i guess the artist is somebody you know notorious in the alien circles so yeah I i'm i'm kind of excited to get back into that end of collecting i've started reading it and whatnot the digital copy and um it's definitely a bit weird to get the new take on the alien universe from marvel's perspective yeah but you know, that's that's the way it is, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, very cool. You know? Very cool. Yeah, it's been, like, you, you? like I mentioned on the chat, I don't even know how long it's been since I've been to a comic book shop. It's honestly been at least two years, maybe more. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's probably been two years since I've walked into this shop. Yeah. And... It's definitely been a lot longer since I've talked with Steve because he usually has a weekend guy working there. And, you know, it was really interesting hearing about the pandemic as far as his business is concerned. And I think I would, I would, I, I find it fascinating compared to Tyler's take and Tyler's store's stock and focus compared to Steve's. And Steve only does comics. He doesn't do board games. He doesn't do role-playing games. He doesn't, like, he does He does some Magic the Gathering and comics. Yeah. Whereas Tyler was saying, you know, like, with his shop, they really went high in board games and basically stuff that people would could entertain themselves at home with. Yep. And Steve was really thankful that Diamond actually parked 
itself for the three months last year during the pandemic because it meant that he wasn't laying out money. Yeah, exactly. On on orders. Yep. So he's like, it's really difficult now because he's got to keep up with the orders and keep the customers happy versus, you know, when everything's shut down, it's just easy. It's okay. I'm closed. I got to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like the, the focus changes. So it was interesting hearing him talking, waxing philosophical about being a sole owner of a shop and discussing what the possible futures are when his lease comes up and and what he wants to do with his life and what he's been really focusing in on on the last year, uh, appreciating what comics have done for him in his whole life and thinking about maybe next steps, but wanting to still continue in the business if of it's course. at all feasible, Yeah. right? Because there's a lot of questions about whether returns the way, you know, we talk about the movies and we talk about all this other stuff and how it affects our lives. I, I, it was really eye-opening for me to see the challenges of a small business proprietor and really debating those same questions and how much more meaningful it is than entertainment. Yeah. Right. Even, even purveying the entertainment as he is, it's his whole life. You know what I mean? Literally. And, and he's debating what that changes to in the future and what his capacity to participate in the marketplace will be. Yeah. He's hoping to just keep on going on, but you know, at the same time, he's not had a vacation in 35 years Yeah, of, of working and working at the store and then owning the store, you know, and there are things that he's kind of looking at and going, man, wouldn't it be great to stock shelves or, do whatever and just not have the responsibility of the store. Yeah. Type thing. So it was it was it was a good it was a good honest catch up, you know. It's it's like one of those conversations you get in a comic book store, in a video game store or at a bar with a good bartender. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. It's like those therapist geek therapy slash <laughs> therapist roles that we've come to to kind of appreciate in our lives. So I just wanted to shed some light onto that because uh, I know it's a topic for us and our audience and yeah, it's easy to talk about, but it's not easy to understand sometimes. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, so a couple things there, like, you know, I've been talking about wanting to do a special from the comic book shop owner point of view. Um, it's just timing, right? And it's something that I really want Tyler to be a part of. Um, it's mm -hmm. part of the list of specials that we have that I kind of want to wait for him to be back on the saddle to tackle. Now, that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, you know, the whole um, diamond thing. You know, you've heard many things. You've heard my comments about yeah. diamond. You've heard Tyler's comments about diamond. Uh, everyone has a different take about the way that company handles things. And, you know, for some shops, you know, they really do rely on Diamond. This is why, you know, you're going to get a, many takes about what DC is doing and what Marvel has just announced this week that they're doing, you know, with the whole Random House, um, you know, uh, publishing and distributing books for Marvel. Uh, you know, it's the same with the way that DC and, um, and uh, I forget whom, but, you know, the way that they've, kind of changing up how they're distributing comic books you know if a comic book store isn't going to get the exclusive books 
um, you know, then this opens up a lot of questions for shop owners. It's like, do I continue? Because people might just want to go to the corner store. They might want to go to Chapters. They might want to go to Indigo. They might want to go to Barnes & Noble to pick up their comics. Like, is mm -hmm. am I the option still for the future? So this is why, like, nothing pisses me off more than people who have these pull lists and don't actually go and pick up their comic books. Because a pull list is a great way for a comic book owner to know what to order. You know, it's, it's you're essentially um, putting down for, like, a pre-order. So... You know, yep. why don't you? And, and and the thing is, a lot of comic book stores don't ask for anything down. It's like, hey, what do you want on your yeah. pull list? Um, you know, and, and oftentimes comic book stores rely on, you know, months in advance. So we're looking at two, three months, like from the previews magazine that you get. That's where you're putting in your pre-order. Uh, so, you know, for those people who have these pull lists of like 20 books and they don't pick them all up or they don't pick anything up. You're just, you're just hurting the bottom line of the store. Yeah. That was one thing that Steve mentioned was just how great his customer base is at picking up their pull lists. And that's really made a big difference for him. And I know I've done that in the past. I, I, I petered out on my lists and it was, it was a difficult decision for me at the time. And it, yeah, it, it's lifeblood, right? Like, I don't want to ever contemplate, and no offense to Chapters Indigo or anything like that, I don't ever want to contemplate going up there and picking up books off of a rack. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it, it is so bad. When you decide that you need to go to Chapters to get a graphic novel, it's like picking up a used porno mag. It, somebody's already cracked the spine and probably gobbed all over it at some point in the store while drinking a coffee in a corner and you know that you're not getting a pristine book like that's what i like about comic book shops you go in and there's comics already in bags yep there's comic you know what i mean like the, the, the they don't magically show up in problem, bags they don't magically no. show up in bags and that's what gets to me is people don't realize how much tlc goes into these these books for you to get you the best quality for those of you who collect, you know, they want to get you the 9.8 graded books for you. Yeah, and and exactly that. Like, it's just, if there's a problem with the shelf or the display, the shop owner is going to fix it. He's not going to damage the books. And this guy, you know what, while I was in there, another customer came in, a random, and he was just like, hey, I see you've got a sign out there that you'll give 25 comic books for 25 bucks. And I overheard Steve talking to him and he said, like, look, I don't, I don't pick what the titles are. I randomly go around and see what I have access of from people who didn't pick up a poll, poll list or from overstock. And I'm just going to pick 25 random titles. But he said, I'm not going to give you 10 of one title, but you might get, you know, a Hellboy. You might get a, 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 a Riverdale or Archie and, and you know what I mean? Jughead, whatever. Yep. He's just like, you might, you're going to get a smattering of different comics that I have access of and you're going to get 25 titles. And for a 10 year old or a 14 year old kid, it's going to be great. Cause I'm not going to give you anything that's, that's X rated or anything, but I'm like, that's a shit place to be yep. selling 25 books for 25 bucks. And then when the guy leaves, he goes right to the shelf and starts pulling from the, from the, the thicker stocked. Right? Yeah. Like, oh man, 
It was heartbreaking to see. I thought, hmm, twenty five bucks isn't bad. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I know a lot of shops that do that with their with their back collection, right? Like, um, they oftentimes will package them up and you'll get like like you'll see this huge thick thing of like fifteen books. You don't know what's in it, but what what does it matter to you? It's so cheap. Yeah, it's just cannon fodder at that point, right? You might get something good that you really like or want to follow. You might get something that you want to box and board. I don't know. Like, they're, they're, you never know. Yep. It's interesting. My whole life has been comic books, seemingly. Yeah, this past right? week. I don't know <laughs> I love why, it. but... You're more, yeah. you're more embedded than me. Jesus Christ. Well... I've been so the, out of it. The, the, thing, the thing is, is that there's no catching up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Everything that I nibble on turns into something absolutely massively bigger. Yep. Right? Like, I'm listening to a lot of Brad and Lisa on comic book couples counseling. And, and their, their, their depth, their deep dives on stuff is amazing. But it never ends. And yep. that's, the, that's the intimidating factor for a person. The reason why I like listening to their show or whatever is because it's very guided and focused. So yep. it gives me a chance to read and converse. They typically stick to the ta- the 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 issues that they expressly say. Whereas when you really start looking at the grand scope of it, man, like it's just insane. Just even looking at Black Captain America and that run from from 2002 and and how, you know, there was some of that linked into the show this week and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy crap, that is its own entity that is so political and awesome and relevant. And, you know, it was five books or something like that. But that was even tough to track down on the Marvel app, on the Unlimited. Yep. And and it's out of print. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is just such a crazy thing. And it just leads into more and more and more. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, I don't know either. So, you know, that's why I always respect shows like, you know, uh, like Geek History Lesson, like Brad and Lisa's um, Comic Books Counseling, any book or any show that can focus on a run or a set of books and just really give you the full in and out of the character, the story, whatever, whatever it is they're covering, right? Uh, Tyler and I actually used to do that with our retro mm-hmm. reviews. We used to take like a certain run, um, you know, we've done we've done um, Swamp Thing in the past. You know, we've done uh, we used to listen to uh, listener suggestions, and we did some really different stuff, stuff that we didn't ever read, right? So. Um, and we just focused, like we did our research. We took like a month to prep and it was like a two hour show where we just went in depth on whatever we were given or whatever we decided to, to talk about. And yeah, those types of shows are always fun for me because, you know, you're not, you as a reader, you're not going to read everything. So sometimes getting the Cole notes, Cole's notes from someone Mm. else just really fucking helps. Yeah, big time. You know, I, I actually joined uh, uh, the comic book couples counseling. Um, I joined their Patreon just on the base level, just because I wanted to have more access to some of the inside stuff. Yeah. Because I, I do really appreciate the the companionship they provide in their cast to um, to just, you know, digest it in that way and get the Coles Notes version or get the exposure to it without having to get too in deep with it. Uh, yep. It's it's an asset for 
someone like me who used to read and, you know, has probably hasn't picked up a book in 20 years. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of context. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it. Um, yeah. And talking about it, they're like right now is a great time to be a geek. Got Falcon and Winter Soldier. We got uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. We got Invincible. Mm. We got so much out right now. It's crazy. Um, so let's start at the top. Uh, Marvel, um, sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll have our spoiler review. Uh, I uh, My non-spoiler review for this episode is I'm really catching this. This, uh, this episode kicked me into a gear I liked. And I know that it might not do that for everybody. But yep. I saw a lot of hope and potential out of this week's episode. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to also... So something I want to do, something that I'm going to probably do over the next few days, is watch all of the monster movies in lead up to Godzilla versus King Kong. Mm. Like, I haven't seen... Oh, that's a good time. Um, you know... Actually, I haven't seen the King Kong movie, uh, and it's been a while since I've seen both Godzilla movies. So I'm going to watch them all in prep for Godzilla versus King Kong. I watched Kong Kong, uh, Skull Island this week. It was on Showcase. There you go. It was on Friday and Saturday, so I watched it. Yeah. There you go. I might just need to go into my box and check it out then. Um, Brie Larson, baby. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited for Godzilla vs. King Kong. That comes out Wednesday on HBO Max and theaters or theaters here just in Canada. Uh, did you catch Invincible, the new Amazon show? No, I haven't yet. No, no. Amazon, when I go into it, it's like comic book men. I'm so scared of the stand right now. And... (laughs) <laughs> and like Jay and Silent Bob reboot, so in- Invincible, huh? You, you, you think it's worth a watch? Yep, 100%. Okay. 100%. Right. The comic is great. The show, even better. They were able Ooh. to capture everything. And it's one of those shows where I'm happy they stuck to an animated format as opposed to, as opposed to trying to make this a real-life thing. Like, I just think that Invincible is one of the shows where, you know... You know, it's having a show with, you know, Superman-like powers can be mm. very expensive, uh, the, where the budget might not be top-notch for every episode, uh, so then you get kind of <laughs> like the Smallville effect, where, you know, some of the some of the episodes, some of the whatever, is just super cheesy, because you can't constantly put up the money for those extravagant special effects. So Invincible is yeah. one of those uh, shows where I'm kind of glad that they stuck to an animated format. But if you take a look at the cast, the cast is unreal for it. I'm excited to check that out. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like be. it's right up my alley. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, Stephen Yuen, J.K. Simmons, Seth Rogen, Mark Hamill. Um, oh, jeez. Like, yeah, it's 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 insane. Jillian Jacobs, like the amount of people in this show is just unreal. Like, there's no way that you'd be able to get this cast in a live action uh, show. It it blows me away because if there's a, a a streaming service that could fuck it up, it's going to be Amazon Prime. 
in, in the sense that they can make this and put all the money into it and it doesn't hit my marketing feed. <laughs> like, yeah. It becomes invisible on the channel to me because of my interest in the way the algorithm's hitting. Yep. And I'm like, that should be top of my list going, you have to watch this. You watch The Expanse. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just that's... hilarious. They're, they seem to be promoting the crap out of the stand. Yeah, they are. Um, on everywhere. And then, you know, it's something like this kind of gets forgotten about a little bit. But even The Boys. The Boys, the second season was marketed insane. But you know that first season, like, you mm -hmm. heard through word of mouth about that show more than anything else. Yeah, but it, you know what? To, to Amazon's credit, that one hit me. I watched it, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. I, I didn't give it the chance it needed. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't until you guys pushed me to get caught up on season two that I, I went back and did it. But it's just a funny channel, like searching stuff, everything. It's just weird. Yeah. Just very weird on Amazon Prime. I've been, I've been trying to unearth things. You know, You know what's, like, really difficult to get a hold of? Yoga hosers. Oh yeah, but that's I, that's Kevin Smith. I've never seen it. Yeah, but almost all Kevin Smith is on Prime, except for Mallrats now. Mm -hmm. But everything's on Amazon Prime. Comic book men, everything, right? And then yoga hosers is you know what? That was like the weirdest Amazon order I've ever had to do to get the Blu-ray to put in my shelf. Right, but and, it's and same with there? reboot, like. You know? Yeah, Tusk is there. Yeah. Like, it, it's just so bizarre, man. Like, this week has been the Kevin Smith week for me. I even ordered a signed script from Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes of Dogma. Yeah, I love that. And the comic book script of Mallrats signed by the two of them. So, it's amazing how much an American price, plus UPS expedited shipping can turn into a lot more than you think it can to your bank account. <laughs> yep. That was a serious investment by me. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is only 60 bucks. No, $150 later by the time it gets here. But uh, it's worth it for me, so. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just thinking about the Kevin Smith True North trilogy. That's Tusk. Yoga hosers and what eventually would have been Moose Jaws. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh man, that that's been a wild trip, man. Just listening to Tom Steve Day um, podcast and whatnot, and just getting caught up on the Kevin Smith world. I've been watching the Secret Stash migration and whatnot, but I didn't realize how big Tom Steve Dave was. And oh, I'm just huge. like, oh, geez, man, like Brian and everybody, and I'm like. It's it's I'm in the middle of comic book man, and then getting caught up on Brian's life last night was just like I have to stop right now because Brian apparently got married, <laughs> and I'm like, what? No, yeah. really? Like yep. he's Recently. happy now and he's looking fit, and he's I'm just great. like, oh shit, I have to stop. Like this is this is not this is blowing my mind. So yeah, yeah if any of our listeners out there are doing that, uh, congrats to you because um, <laughs> I, I find it fascinating. I really do. Yeah, it's I'm like just really um, starting to scratch this Patreon thing. Here's a little did you know type thing about uh, comic book men. Uh, Ming wasn't a part of the original cast. Mm, really? It was actually supposed to be Brian Quinn. 
of Tell Him Steve Dave. Oh. It was basically going to be the yeah. three guys from Tell Him Steve Dave in this show. But because of um, his uh, reality show, Impractical Jokers, he wasn't able to get clearance uh, to do the show. So they had to change it up a little bit. And that's how Ming ended up on the show. That's good. I like Ming a lot. I really do. I, I think Ming is probably the butt end of every joke by the crew, but he's probably one of the strongest people in there because of it. I don't know. There's just something charming about him and honest and silly. And I know it's a show that's put on. I know that they probably get together for like a condensed shooting schedule of like one month to yep, make that's a season. exactly what they do. And, you know, if, if you or I were to drive down to Red Bank, New Jersey to to make a pilgrimage, we'd walk into that shop and there'd be none of these fucking guys in there ever. <laughs> well, uh, Walt still works there. Yeah, it, it, it's been funny for me. Part of the reason why I've been rewatching the movies is because Walt's like cameos in every single movie. And yeah, I never the realized egg guy it. in Clerks. Yeah. And it's Mallrats he was in and it's like everything he's in. I'm just like laughing my ass off because I thought it was hilarious in Reboot that they were themselves and they yes. were like all moaning about the fact that they got cancelled yeah. <laughs> so many inside jokes all the way through this stuff and it's just been so amazing and retroactive and retro-y for me to get back into it and you and I have always talked about doing a View Askew universe kind of show like focusing in on it and whatnot yeah. and i'm finally getting to my level of old kevin smith geekdom where i'm just getting really ingrained in into what's going on <laughs> and courtesy of comic book man you know like that that's been my default show when shit's getting intense when i'm drained from watching something intense i flip on comic book man and then i'm 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 good i sleep well uh, you know, it, it makes me laugh, and I learned something. Yep. Did you know yesterday was the 25th anniversary of Chasing Amy's production date? Yep. I saw that online. Yep. So, another Chasing one of my Amy, favorites, man. That is probably, I don't know, it's hard to say. It's, it's like, each of his movies in the View Askew universe has its charm, right? But Chasing mm -hmm. Amy, for me, is just like, oh, that one touches deep. Yeah, that was definitely the more serious in the View Askew universe. Like when you when you compare it to Mallrats, Jay and Silent Bob, Clerks even was was you know obviously the intro piece to the universe and to to Kevin Smith's work, and it it was had a lot of silliness in it. Yep. But Chasing Amy fit perfectly well within that. Referenced all the stuff that it's supposed to, and. Yeah, that 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 is one of the movies that showed me that Kevin Smith is a real director, a real creator. And it was funny because you had watched Goodwill Hunting, and yeah, I watched it was it last on night randomly. because I was it was it was completely on yeah. randomly on uh, last <laughs> week. It was I was doing I, was, I had a work conference, so I was like you know very busy. So I took time to actually make a lunch and sit down and get away from my computer as opposed to you know work and eat and whatever so i turn on the tv and lo and behold goodwill hunting is just starting so i'm like oh i love mm. this movie so much so yeah it's on netflix i found it on netflix yeah. last night and i watched it and there was some things because you asked me you were like did kevin smith help it wasn't more this? of an like... ask it was like 
Well, like, yeah, we were just talking about it. There's there's fingerprints. Yeah. There's fingerprints all over it. And last night, it kind of caught me off guard because I've always put that movie in my Kevin Smith pile. And I'm like, I if he didn't have anything directly to do with it, he definitely ghost wrote it. And um, yeah, sure enough, like him and Scott Moisure were executive producers. Yep. Along with Lawrence Bender was the main producer who's of Quentin Tarantino fame. So it 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 kind of completes a circle for me personally because Quentin was always somebody that I and and Lawrence were people that I really respected growing up and I really was a fan of their movies as well. So it kind of completed a circle for me last night seeing that all these people contributed to it and cemented it again as one of my favorite movies. You know? Yep, <laughs> it, oh, it's the one fact of the best. that oh, yeah, the fact that most of it was shot here in Toronto and yep. they made Toronto look like Boston. For a lot of stuff and whatnot, it just you know I was just like doing some light research on it last night for the first time, in the capacity of we do this show, and I'm becoming more and more aware of things due to what we do here, and yeah, that was one of the pleasant things that I uncovered. So yeah. I was just like, hey, all you have to it, do is just... film around Queens Park, and it looks like Boston. Yep, exactly. Which is exactly <laughs> where the movie was filmed. Around Queen's Park and UFT. Yeah, and uh, on the soundstage. Yeah, and on the soundstage. Um, yeah. So, I have not caught up with Snowpiercer. Well, there was no episode last week. Well, there's that. Um, but I did start watching a new show on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yes. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. I've got one of the jerseys. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> I honestly have to say, it's cheesy. It's made mm-hmm. for kids. It's made for parents. But it has my homegirl, Lauren Graham, in it. Lorelai <laughs> from Gilmore Girls. I will watch anything she's in. Um, and, uh, yeah. No, honestly. it's 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 got a charm to it. I really enjoy it. Uh, it's got this, we know we're being cheesy, so let us be us. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Disney do great stuff. You don't, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and it doesn't have to be. You can hate on it all you want. I don't, I, I'm not telling you you have to like it, but there's a quality to Disney. And when they embrace it and when they lean into it, they do well. Like honestly, Raya and the Last Dragon wasn't my cup of tea, but I respect the shit out of it. Like some kids going to really, you know, enjoy the story that was being told and whatnot. So, I, I, they have a high production value, even when it's campy. It yep. still hits you in the feels. It's still, it's well done. Like it, exactly. it's well done. All right. While we're on the subject of Disney Plus, I think we should get to it because it was announced earlier this week on Tuesday that Black Widow is going to be delayed another two months. But this is it. They finally made the call. Kevin Feige mm-hmm. gave in. July 9th, it will be released simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. So that means you will be paying 30 bucks for Black Widow if you want to watch it via Disney Plus. Or you can go to the Dank and Moist Theaters and watch it there. Good for them for finally making a choice and yep. doing the right thing in doing the 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 double release i'm not a big fan of this price point because 30 dollars american ends up being like 40 dollars canadian 37 
Yeah. Well, talk to Kevin Smith about the conversion rate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know what I mean? It ends up being a lot more than really what a single movie should cost, in my opinion. But, but if you're a family, said, if you're a family of four, oh, yeah. It works out. There are ways to justify it. Believe me, there are. And, and uh, it's unique to my situation. Um, I know that I might find it on other streaming services in order to enjoy it. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I, or maybe we get a preview code, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe Disney reach out. Cause I, I love legitimately consuming movies as I do for 99% of them. Only yeah. when the movie houses are being really dumb and they play keep away from Canada, do I have to resort to nefarious things. Exactly. And I don't, and I don't collect it. I will still purchase, buy it, own it whenever I can to support it. But yeah, it's, it's, um, good for them. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for people to be able to do it. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier are leaning into some of the stuff that's going to cross into it. I think there's a reason why all these things were targeted to come out, you know, pre pandemic in a compressed time frame, and they're delayed to be due to the pandemic. And I think it's going to align in well with Loki and everything else that Disney are doing. It seems to be a very well-coordinated scenario that they're playing out here. Yep. So moving away from the MCU, uh, Cruella, the, the live-action 101 Dalmatians thing, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be released May 28th, also in theaters through... Um, so it's also going to be simulcast in theaters and Disney Plus Premier Access. So there's another one. Um, Pixar's Luca will go directly to Disney Plus on June 28th for no additional charge. So I, the one question <laughs> I have here is what deems a movie having to get the Premier Access tag? You know, why should Black Widow and Cruella get Premier Access whereas Luca doesn't? I think it's going to come down to box office expectation. Mm -hmm. If they feel like they're going to lose out where they, they feel that the movie could have been like a multi-million uh, dollar hit at the box office and they, they compromise by doing this release, then they, they put it into that premiere tier to try and recoup some of the loss. I really do think with Black Widow, yeah, Kevin Feige, sure, he probably didn't want to release it on the small screen to start, and I do think you're right in our conversation. We talked about it, and I've been expecting Disney to make pull the trigger earlier. I think Kevin Feige was stopping it, and yeah, I just think Disney know what each movie's going to do. The Pixar movies have been slowly declining on the box office because the quality isn't as high as they used to be in terms of story. They have their moment. Soul was definitely good. Um, but I don't think that they're really killing it at the box office and it's a very small market. Whereas Cruella, you're going to get young and old wanting to go see it. And Black Widow, you're going to get MCU. So you're going to get people who actually go to the theater and support it there. What is it? Uh, one of the movies recently pulled in $75 million at the box office. So the box office isn't dead. It's not it dead. dead this, but remember, yeah. again, we're looking at worldwide numbers when you give those huge fi yeah. figures, you know, and and other places in the world are handling things a lot better than they are here. So that's for sure yeah. something to consider. For example, 
Godzilla and King Kong apparently has done amazing out in Asia. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but apparently it's doing really, really well as it came up this weekend out there. Um, now, yeah, and that's targeted for that market too. Yeah. Now, Cineworld. Cineworld is the theater chain, the English theater chain. They also own uh, Regal stateside in the States. They posted a $3 billion loss in 2020. Yeah, not surprising. I think they were the ones that were going to buy Cineplex here in Canada. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and they backed out of that deal, <laughs> probably sweating bullets. If they're taking losses like that, Cineplex, oof. I, you know what? It's 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 funny because I actually got feedback from somebody I know who worked with Cineplex in a capacity mm-hmm. in the past year, and I told them about. My idea, our idea, and what we've seen in the states with Walmart's projecting movies on the sides of their their buildings in order to get people there, and apparently, just the whole deal falling apart and the pandemic, the morale was so low they just shut out the world. Yeah, they makes were sense. not in any possession position to try and move the needle on anything. They were just in shock. So exactly, yeah. All right, so, you know, sticking with Cineworld, Warner Brothers. A lot of people are wondering, okay, so in 2021, all of the Warner Brothers movies are going to be, at least in the USA, simulcast on HBO Max and theaters. Um, So Warner Brothers has struck a deal with Cineworld over its theatrical rollout of movies in 2022. So kind of like we've talked about, like where now each... Um, studio is going to have to kind of think of what their rollout is going to look like. Warner Brothers is kind of giving us a sense of what to expect. Uh, So in 2022, uh, the second largest cinema chain, which owns Regal Theaters in the U.S., will have an exclusive 45-day window to show the studio's studio's films. Yeah, and this makes sense. It's... The compromise to get back to the regular world, you know, we've seen the headlines that Warner Brothers after 2021 will be going possibly back to full-time regular release schedules in theater runs and then going to streaming well, and whatnot. This is the thing. So this 45-day window is the exclusivity. So they're yeah. not going to go on HBO Max. So this, the threshold isn't certain for every movie it could change depending on the movie so big warner movies like uh batman aquaman 2 fantastic beasts and where to find them three you know the window of exclusivity with regal cinemas might be larger um but what happens to the movies after 45 days we don't know yet but more than likely a release on hbo max seems likely so you know, I can see for the Batman, Aquaman, Fantastic Beasts, and movies like that, where it's a 60 to 90 day window, and then boom, straight on HBO Max. Uh, the way that they were proposing, I don't know that I've ever got realization under the current structure, but the way that they they had thought about it was, once the movie drops below a certain financial threshold after a certain amount of time, then they can make the decision to pull it back. So HBO would be like, okay, Batman, the Batman might be, all right, the minute it drops below 50 million after 60 days, we're yanking it at that point and we're throwing it on HBO Max to maximize that because it's like produce. The minute it goes rotten, there's not much you can do with it, right? Like the market for collectors is shrinking. 
People aren't buying DVDs anymore, so you have to put it on the streaming service to get eyeballs, get attention. I don't know how that translates into money other than subscribers, right? But they say that the Snyder Cut was hugely successful, right? And I'm like, okay, sure. How do you measure that? Like, I... I guess in streams that you've shown it. Subscriptions, subscriptions and, are really and, and the bottom minutes, line. Minutes spent on it. Yeah, like Crave posted this week that it was their most streamed movie ever. It was yep. the Snyder Cut. So yep. yeah, so I, I I make sense. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm 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 not going to be the guy that's rushing back to the theater. But I don't know what's happened this week, but I've seen some people that are returning to the theater on my YouTube channels and reviewing things and, and experiencing it. And I got to say, there's a little bit of nostalgia kicking up where I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. Yep, for sure. Mm. Now, here's the thing. It'd be nice. I think that this was inevitable to happen. I think that with HBO Max, Disney Plus, and other streaming services from these big studios, this was going to happen regardless. I think that a a exclusivity window of theatrical release and then going into their streaming service inevitable. I just think that COVID-19 and the coronavirus kind of just expedited that yeah. foregone conclusion, that foregone, you know, end of of the story. Um, and now, you know, the studios and Regal or Cineplex, AMC, whoever they own, they're all going to have to work together and see how are we going to move forward where everyone is profitable. Like let let's let's say it for what it is. COVID nineteen was the bull in the China shop, right? Like it it smashed everything. So every rule, every contract, every idea that you you held to beforehand as a studio or an actor, actress, um, participant in this world, now all that is broken. As far as you know, people. Christopher Nolan's a great example with Tenet, right? He really held the line. And it ended up being a shit bomb, right? It, it it just didn't work. And that's the foundation for Warner Brothers to go, no, this is the way we're going to do it. And they're compromising on stuff too, like we see with this new deal. And like we've seen with uh, Dune, I think they walked back Dune from going straight to HBO Max. I yeah, think they've already there's... adapted that one. Yeah, there's a deal in place. I forget the details, but we talked about it like mm -hmm. uh, yeah, ages ago. This year. It was a while yeah. ago. Yeah. So. Um, in related news, Regal Theatres will start reopening in the U.S. starting next week. A uh, lim limited number of sites will open Friday, April 2nd when Godzilla vs. Kong releases, with more locations to follow on April 16th with Mortal Kombat. So we're kind of starting to see the beginning of the reopening happen as things reopen in whatever state, city, county they're in. It's crazy to think. I... I... It, it now I don't know what to think about COVID because I I I get the feeling like everybody's just sick of it, which is fine, but it's still I, there. I just don't. It's still there. That's what. Like if you look at the numbers here in Canada, it ain't pretty anymore. It 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 got good and now it's really getting bad with these variants and our our own vaccination stuff is behind compared to the states. States is getting it out there, so I can't say it's apples to apples now you know what i mean like it's two different markets and two different ways of combating it so i don't know what's going on in the states but they yep. seem to be moving really fast forward through this phase of things 
I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. But it just seems like all the businesses and all the people are tired of COVID and they want to get back to like spring break look like an absolute nightmare in Florida to yeah. me. And I can't think of going to a movie theater. No, like, <laughs> and this goes back to what I was saying. And I've said so many times, and I'll say it yet again, just because your government doesn't know how to handle things, just because your government isn't um, propelling small businesses and helping out small businesses uh, and the optics of, you know, small business versus big business is not good doesn't mean that there's still a danger out there you know but that's neither near nor there anymore all right so we're gonna move on we're gonna start talking about discord and this story is interesting for me because i kind of you know there's a little more in-depth discussion to have so uh for those people who don't know discord is a chat channel chat app that has video and that is mainly used to mainly be used in the uh, streamer gaming space uh, so if you're a streamer on twitch or if you uh, you know need an app to use to chat with your friends as you play a game together so uh, you know uh, discord had a huge year in 2020 it rebranded itself from a heavily gaming focused app to one that welcomed all communities so they have this really cool feature where you can create these servers and i've seen servers from all things i've seen we have our own server you know for the it's canon podcast where a lot of our guests are um and sometimes from time to time though you know there's a community there um you know so i've seen servers for comic book stores i've seen servers for uh um, media channels and stuff like that. You know, you can create a server and it's community based. So it's really rebranded mm-hmm. and rebranded itself from just a gaming focused app. So it's everyone. At the end of 2020, Discord actually raised $140 million from investors after getting a valuation of $7 billion. So Microsoft steps in and they are now one of the possible companies who are looking to pick discord up for about 10 million dollars 10 million or 10 billion 10 billion sorry 10 billion dollars i was thinking man there's got to be more billies in there yep so all of this is huge because you know the gaming industry there's a real focus right now on the gaming industry and chatting uh gamestop you know they're they're the company that has really made changed the game for games gaming and the gaming industry uh as we talked about last week roblox strong debut on the stock market also caught a lot of investors eyes so now anything gaming related is getting that eye that attention you know it's that sweet little bell and the bell of the ball right now you know the so yep. we'll see what happens there's a lot of eyes there um uh, i'm i'm hearing discord that may even choose to go public instead of selling yeah. itself. That's what I heard the internal discussion is, is the lean is actually not from one of these two or three suitor companies that are trying to purchase them, but to actually go public and m- maintain their independence. Yep, but here's and, the thing. And do that. While right. Discord raised $140 million from investors, they've also acknowledged the fact that as of 2020, it's still not profitable. So if they were to do yeah. an IPO, it would not be good. It would be bad news bears for them. Yeah, I just worry about the idea that Microsoft gets a product like this 
and deep sixes it again, just like they but did they're with not, Mixer. No, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not that they're going to deep six it. It's it's going to be integrated into their own technologies. Yeah, it's going to become Discord Teams. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Teams is fucking great. Teams is much better than Skype. Teams is better than Zoom. Yeah. Like, you know, just because Microsoft owns it doesn't mean that it's going to get to shits. Like, one of the things you brought up on our chat was Facebook. And I just scoffed at that idea at that idea because I personally don't like Microsoft, but I don't trust Facebook. No, I, I agree. And my bringing it up was just how they abandon their streaming platform. They go out and they sign Ninja. They get all this stuff going. They invest heavily. They make a big splash. Then after a year, they put it out to pasture with Facebook. They sold it. And that's what I worry about with Discord is that they go, ah, guess what? You know what? Teams works great on its own. We don't need to integrate any of this. And we're just going to sell it off not, in the marketplace. That's not what's going to happen. Ugh. They're going to integrate certain not. things. It won't be... It won't be Discord as you see today, but they're going to take features. And um, here's the thing. I was reading through comments. I was doing some research here. And a lot of people say, why would you invest $10 billion in something when you can just create it on your own? It, the valuation of the technology is one thing. Yeah, you can bring up a project. You can write a program that's probably better than Discord. But it takes years. It takes a team. Mm -hmm takes a huge investment you have to plan for the maintenance of it and there's one thing that gives an app the valuation that it has the and active users yeah that's what active users for. and the intellectual property of it right like i'm sure if microsoft went and made a competing product that was identical discord might pull them into court and well, say you know, like th that's what makes this desirable is you're right. The active users and the fact that they don't have any legal worries if they outright acquire it, right? Then they can pillage and rape all they want with the code and export it, integrate it, do it what, however way that they want to do it. It becomes their property. Hey, look, I hope it works out. If Microsoft buys it or somebody else, I really sincerely hope it works out. I like our little Discord channel. I like the way stuff works. I don't have to worry about whether or not Discord's profitable as long as it still exists in, in the realm that we function on it. And yeah, I, I, I just don't want to see bad things happen to it. Maybe you're giving me a little bit of hope with this Microsoft Outlook. I, I, I just, I don't know, that whole thing with the streaming platform did leave a bad taste in my mouth. But that product isn't really geared towards integration like possibly Discord is with exactly. other existing properties. Look, and so I trust, you've opened my eyes to that. I trust Microsoft more than Google. Yes. More than Facebook. More yeah. than Amazon. You know? Yeah. Well, they've got deep graveyards, and they've got a lot of trust issues. All those companies. You know, Google, sell your data. I know. We know it. We buy into it because it's it's got a cheap buy-in price. Facebook creeped the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I really despise participating on anything Facebooky. Yeah. Because I, I just don't like the surveillance. But that's just me. I'm salty and old. Yeah, you are. It's hilarious sometimes. All right, so we're going to move on. We've been talking about this for months. How many months have we been talking about this next story, Phil? And it's funny that now it's being reported more and more. Um, and, you know, we're really starting to now see the chip shortage that's happening mm -hmm. all around the world reach its crisis point 
Now, crisis is in quotes because <laughs> this is coming from analysts. This is coming from investors. This is coming from actual um, distributors and manufacturers that, holy shit, yeah. we need more chips ASAP. Um, so, you know, we're seeing... PS5 shortages, we're seeing Xbox Series X shortages and S shortages. We are actually now seeing shortages and <laughs> more shortages on car producers, Ford, GM, Nissan. Um, mm -hmm. They're actually stopping the lines. We talked about this before, but now a new company has stepped up and said, holy shit, we're in trouble. That's NVIDIA. So they're 30 series GPUs. Um, they've actually... <laughs> been hard to come by because they haven't been able to make enough of the new ones so they've had to actually restock and resell their older stuff yeah it's it's just crazy we've been talking about it for a while i guess the pinch is real now like it's not just a forecast it's happening you know ford are making trucks and having to park the trucks because they don't have the computer chips to mount in them so they're having to warehouse their product until they're ready to have the little computers bolted in and away they go. So, you know, it's it's kind of funny, though, the Xbox Series S. I was at my EB briefly to pick something up that I did a, a curbside on. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, do you have any Xboxes in? And the guy's like, oh, no, not Xbox Series X, no. And he goes, we have one Series S. And he points to it, lonely, sitting up on the shelf, right? And I go, oh, isn't that cute? And he goes, yeah, it's going to sit there for a few weeks at least because nobody wants that. No one wants it. <laughs> you go on Best Buy, you go on EB, you go on Amazon, you go on Staples, you go on Walmart. Lo and behold, you can always find a Xbox Series S. It's so funny. I'm like, why would you want a 2K? Yeah. Now, like, here's the Xbox thing. Xbox One. It's a, a series. It's a one. Analysts. Now. Here's a quote. They say that there is no sign of supply catching up or demand decreasing while prices are rising across the chain. Only if there was a podcast that people listened to that oh, said know, this right? months ago. And I'm telling you, everyone this, go and buy your electronics now. If you need a new phone, yep. if your contract is up, get it now. If you need a TV, get it now. Because a lot of people are waiting to purchase stuff until... <laughs> You know, they think COVID-19 sales are going to start, right? Like, things are going to go on sale because uh, these companies need to make up the cash that they lost in 2020. No. No, 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 no. Supply and demand is really bad right now. Um, supply is super low. Demand is super high. So, guess what? You're going to see an increase in price on phones, on electronics, on TVs, on anything. Here's, here's the thing Cars. right now. We're looking... We're 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 able to forecast about three months ahead right now, and in three months' time, it's going to be a really shitty time in the marketplace. All right, because we're we're getting this warning now from these analysts, because the people assembling and acquiring and building the production runs for the next three months are panicking, which means that it's really going to hit us. It's a delayed wallop. So the biggest thing that I can advise to you, if you have a kid that's in school or going to be elevating their school uh, uh, pursuits, i.e. they're going from, from public school to high school or high school to college or university, 
get your Chromebooks now. Yeah. Because those are going to be the most scarce. Anything low end or approachable, aside from an Xbox Series S, will be hot. All right. We're going to have to take those Series S's back and just rip the shit out of them to get the computer components out to make something better. But I'm, I am saying, like, in all seriousness, no, though, like, these entry level Chromebooks, you can still find them on Best Buy. You can still find them on Amazon. You better purchase them now if you think that there's going to be a need to have one for September because I think it's going to be a really tough midpoint to third quarter this year yep. on anything Agreed. with a Agreed computer 100%. chip in it. It's going to be really bad. Um, and, you know, with ships getting stuck and things like that, you know, mm. goods and commodities are only going to be that much more scarce. Um, you know, even I was reading a article where even shoe prices are going to probably go up in the short term because of what's going on with that stupid ship. Oh my God. Really? I, yeah. I, I saw the ship thing and I'm like, wow, like it's a big ship and everything like that, like empire state building size and it's run, run aground and whatnot. And yeah, like I've been surprised that the price of oil hasn't reacted due to this. Because that's a major shipping lane to get out of that region of the world. And yeah, it, it's bound to impact us in almost every aspect of our daily lives. Because there's an awful lot that comes through there. So the, they really need to get this thing. I don't know. Do the states need to go over and like fly the, some big helicopters that can lift this thing? I don't know what the solution is. But they better start figuring it out. Because sneaker market was already messed up though, dude. Like I'm, I'm at it, it's just been sneakers. crazy. I'm not talking about you know the collector sneakers and shit like that. Oh, I'm talking no. about day to day runners. Yeah, but that that's like a an ultra boost or something, right? Like it's it's just a crazy marketplace anyway. Like I I I got into that. I dabbled. I got my 3D printed Adidas shoes and shit like that. And I'm like, man, it's just a nut nut nutty place like they they sell out of shoes on that and i'm not even talking collector stuff but just on regular runs i don't know what that i think it's because in covid19 people can walk and run so shoes have been escalating in demand because that's something that you can buy you have a relatively great idea of what the fit is going to be you know because you'll go oh, i've got a pair of nikes I, I know i need a size 11 or whatever you get the shoe and you've got a nice new pair of kicks to go out and walk the dog with or whatever during covid this past year so i think that that's already started to inflate the sneaker market now you're telling me it's going to get even worse yeah. great yep oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so oh i gotta add that to show notes shoes as a retailer what better time to change your stock and add computer components? Because that's what GameSpot is doing. They are, GameStop is doing, they're actually, um, sorry, game Games, yes, GameStop is doing, they're adding mm -hmm. GPUs, computers, etc. onto their shelves. Um, so at their oh, yeah. uh, investor call, they mentioned, hey, we're going to start adding computers, uh, PC hardware like the RTX 3000, GPUs, and laptops. Uh, there's already a dedicated PC gaming page which will sell desktops, laptops, VR headsets, and accessories like lights and speakers. Company hasn't fully specified whether these sales will take place 
only online or online and in store um, so we'll see exactly what happens there but they are really getting into the e-commerce the commerce of other things um, this is something that me you and Tyler were talking about where one of the rumors that they were gonna do is kind of start the build your own PC business oh yeah I look all right they they diversified outside of toys and whatnot they tried to dabble in cell phones and portable game handheld units like the 3ds's the ps vitas all that kind of stuff before it got messy because they had some rules about what they would buy and some rules about what they wouldn't so it's like your electronics fencing store that can only deal in apple or other major products they didn't want to dabble into certain other areas i'm an ex computer store guy I used to run a PC store or help with a PC store for years. All right. It's a shit business. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. The amount of scam runners, and we're talking in the 90s that were trying to run the scams, and the amount of counterfeit or subpar equipment that was flooding the market at the time in terms of chips, RAM, gpus everything i i i if e if they do this if gamestop does this it's going to be so throttled and so particular it's not even going to be funny i can see them trying to get in on the gpu game and and having a go at it but if they're going to be building PCs or whatnot, that is a shit market, all right? They're, they're already in the marketplace of reconditioning Xboxes and PS4s and stuff like that, and they do a terrible job of it. Like, there are build sites on YouTube that, that buy these things, these refurbs, open them up and show what kind of crap corners they cut yep. in terms of soldering jobs, cleaning jobs, fan reinstallations everything is just i would never you know no offense to them i hope they do well but i would never touch a pc from a mail order type of place like that or anything i'm gonna go to my local computer shop i'm gonna buy stuff there's stuff that i won't even buy off of amazon because i'm fearful that it's going to be counterfeit i want to go and i'll pay a fair price for a fair product to know it's authentic and good yeah and it's a scary place to be in. GameStop. What, so you're not going to buy a computer from MDG? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Because I found out back in the day, I bought a 386 DX. All yep. right, so I had the math coprocessor. And it had two, two megabytes of RAM. And they told me that it would run Windows 3.1. And was that not I, a week of my life that I couldn't even get it to run? I had to bring it back to them. They installed it for me after much cursing. And they said, we really don't know how we did it, but you should have four megabytes of RAM. And that's the kind of stuff that those types of places always yep. remind me of, that they're just cutting corners. They're going to put in cheap um, power supplies, non, you know, non-brand name stuff. Like when I'm building my own PCs, when I used to, I'd go out and I'd buy like German power supplies and I'd yeah. go out and I'd buy, you know what I mean? Like the stuff with bearings, replaceable bearings and, and, you know, swappable parts and things like that and, and line conditioners and, and all this kind of stuff because I want only the best. And if you're going to be buying a PC like that and you're not going to be calling up Dell, which does the same type of stuff, but at least there's a warranty. 
right? I'm not encouraging people to do it, but you know, you've got Alienware, you've got all these different things that are sub, you know, and they're they're backed by a company. Yep. So when you get into this mod shop stuff, oof, it gets yeah, ugly fast unless you're going to drive it. But here's the thing. I'm sick and tired of building my own computer. Been there, done yep. that. It's too much work. It's too much of a hassle. I'd rather just go to a shop and tell them, give them a list of exactly what parts I want and let them build it for me. Yeah. That's fair too. You know, you can go to your Canada computers or wherever and do that. You know, it, it's why I game on a PS5. Like, honestly, I don't want to be farting around with stuff anymore. Same. It's why I put my car in the shop last week to get the brakes done. I can do my own brakes. I've replaced rotors. I've replaced brake pads. I've done all this stuff. I don't want to. Yeah. I just don't want to anymore. Guess what? It's worth my $800. Go put new brakes on. Thanks. And guess what? There was a clunk afterwards. I go back to the shop. They fix it for free. They go, oh, shit, we fucked up. We didn't do this. You know, or the, the heat shield was hitting. We adjusted it for you. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's convenience. And when you get to a certain age, I, I think that that becomes something. And you're getting older. You're not as old as me, but you're getting older. And you're hitting that spot, right? Where you're just like, hey, guess what? I got other things to do with my time. And fighting with seeding a GPU or a CPU and applying adhesive heat dissipating glue is not something that I'm really going to have a good time with, but there's some dude who's probably going to be great at it. I'll pay him yep. 50 bucks to do it. Here's the thing. And he'll it's, enjoy it. For me, it started with helping friends move. No. Yeah. Get movers. I ain't doing that shit. I'm not breaking my back for a <laughs> slice of pizza and a cold or a warm Budweiser at the end of the day. Fuck that shit. Get movers. Um, and then yeah. it went to building computers i'm done with that i don't want to burn myself i don't want to like fuck something up i don't want to deal with it so it's pressure man it is it's pressure it i i know my friend used to call me over one time we 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 had to replace a ball joint in his little three-cylinder suzuki sprint or whatever and it was hilarious because we replaced the ball joint we drank a, a case of beer and then we realized that we changed the wrong wheels ball joint so the well, next day the we had to do it all over again. So to that point, I had a hilarious thing. So I went to Ikea to buy a bunch of stuff. And one of my friends, she said that she would help me build it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I alone I can do it just fine. Uh, but whatever. Mm -hmm. She offered. So I'm like, okay. We got so trashed. So trashed. <laughs> that by the time we actually started building the furniture, we didn't get too far. It was just so nope. bad. So I literally the next day had to, <laughs> and I don't know how I didn't break anything, but I had to dismantle what we did because somehow we were able to do it in reverse and backwards. And like, yeah, it just yeah. wasn't good. I'm telling you, like that is the biggest relationship stress you'll ever do is building IKEA furniture together. Going to as IKEA, a young couple. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel like people should go to IKEA together. Before you plan to get engaged, and you will find out if this is the right person for you, says the single guy Boris. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. My ex-wife and I used to go to IKEA all the time, and then it became a fight. <laughs> it was like I knew it was over. I was just like, God damn it! We used to be so good. We used to be able to assemble our umbushkald, and everything was fine. Have a box of meatballs. We're happy. <laughs> and then oh it was God. anger. <laughs>
That's and you're, on, on you're that You're putting day, the almost Phil called wrong. Was over. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Here's the oh, thing about man. GameStop, going back to what we were talking about. People are now realizing <laughs> and questioning why is GameStop so pricey right now? Why is it worth so much? <laughs> you know, if you've li- ever listened to our show, you would have known why. But during so for example, they had the earnings call last week and their fourth quarter numbers were 2.12 in sales. Having said that, that was a slight decline from the same period during the year before. But mm-hmm. you know, it just goes to show you, right? Like know what you're getting yourself into with some of these companies. Like GameSpot was just <laughs> this weird thing, this 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 phenomenon in terms of Donks. Yeah, in terms of stonks, in terms of the how, you know, performance isn't always what drives the stock markets. Well, isn't Tesla learning that right now? <laughs> and they're gonna yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that that that's that's becoming real too in, in terms of people going, Why am I spending so much on this stock? Yep. It's still overvalued. But you know, we we called that one as well. Not that we're giving financial advice or anything, but we are observing the marketplace and yeah. It's GameStop is weird, man. It, it's it's something that's born out of a meme and and a movement and nostalgia and more power to whoever wants to play in that marketplace. But yeah, you gotta know what you're doing, man. Like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> also, GameStop announced that Jenna Owens, previously Amazon's director and GM for distribution and multi-channel fulfillment, has been hired to be GameStop's new chief operating officer. Oh, so that's kind of interesting. What she used to be. Alongside Owens, GameStop is bringing two executives, Nita Pacifico as Senior Vice President of E-Commerce, and Ken Suzuki as Vice President of Supply Chain Systems. So clearly they're planning something major on the e-commerce side. Yeah, and that's probably a good good idea if they get someone with an inside knowledge of Amazon. Yeah. That would be a good channel to be able to replicate or be a part of as a company. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to start maximizing their infrastructure to your success if done well and she'll know what moves to make to maximize so yep. that's 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 very encouraging so i i yep. know that the the report wasn't all doom and gloom out of it but i didn't follow up to that degree so it's good to know yep so typically speaking on a normal year pre-2020 um you know we at around this time would be talking about C2E2, we'd be talking about Emerald Comic Con, and we'll be starting to see so the build-up towards the big bad boy in terms of San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, um, Fan Expo here in Toronto. So, this year, obviously, is a little different. But one thing that has happened is that, for example, C2E2 last year announced that they were going to have a show at the in December. So, it would be December 10 to 12. So, you know, they're kind of taking the information that they had at the time in terms of vaccinations, the rollout plans, etc. We're talking about like, you know, six, seven months ago, they were looking at this Mm -hmm. and starting to make plans for the end of the year. So rather than, you know, the con season to last from March till October, we're looking at a November, December con season because C2E2 is still going to happen at the end of the year. And San Diego Comic-Con has announced that they will have a in-person mini-con Black Friday weekend. So Thanksgiving weekend. 
What a brutal weekend to do that on. Yes, it potentially is the first weekend that you can get together with your family and celebrate Thanksgiving in over a year. But there's yep. a con. <laughs> like, I've already seen smart. the reaction where people it's... are like, fuck that. <laughs> but they're doing this on purpose because, yeah. you know, they know that some people won't be able to attend because of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. their way of kind of limiting the crowd to a certain extent. Um, but yeah. You know, That's what I was thinking, yeah. There's also going to be some fights and some broken families this year, I think. <laughs> it's going to be like an episode of the Big Bang Theory in many households. <laughs> yep. So Comic-Con Special Edition SE will take place at the San Diego Convention Center as a three-day event from November 26th through November 28th. This means it starts the day after Thanksgiving, assuming the health situation allows for it. Yeah, I... I, you know what? I've never been a con guy. I maybe, maybe there's a point at which when the world gets back to something a little more normal, Boris and I go to a con and I have a good time, mm-hmm. like going to a TFC game or something. It, 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 it ends up being a good, debaucherous, fun time. But typically, me and crowds like that. Despite the fact that, yes, I know, I just brought up that we go to a sporting event, but sporting event for me, crowd movement is very easy to predict. I know what people are doing. In these cons, man, it's just crazy, and it overwhelms me. I get anxiety, man. I'm just like, shit, I don't know what people are doing. I don't know what people are lining up for. I don't know what's happening. I don't want these people close to me. I don't want to smell the smell that I'm smelling right now. That's another thing. Along with... Helping people move, along with building my own computer, <laughs> going to Comic Cons and cons in general is just something I can't do anymore. It's like I went what 2019 with my little nephew. We spent all day Friday from open till about five, and by the end, I'm just like I I fucking hate everyone. My feet hurt. Yeah. My head is killing. My back is sore. I'm broke. I I went to one in I think 2018, and it was a small con. And I was ready to kill by the end of the day. I was yep. just like, I want to get in my car, and I want to drive really freaking fast right now, as far away from this event as possible, humanly possible. Steed, take me home. I was just not in a happy spot because of that. My feet hurt. My back hurt. My patience was gone. And and you could there's this point at which at a con, and I'm I'm generally speaking right now I've done enough of them in my lifetime, but this reminded me of things at around two three in the afternoon even the the stars that are there signing get cranky. Yes, one hundred percent they do. <laughs> and then you see like the, the it it just degenerates everywhere <laughs> like there's mobs and there's people getting angry and stars and actors losing their temper and walking and storming off and wrestlers going everywhere and I'm like holy shit yeah and and now's the time that you go around work the tables to get the deals on the leftover pickings because they don't want to pack it up and bring it home (laughs) that's why I love the Sunday of cons everyone's depressed it's kind of like the ultimate walk of shame except no one had sex because you know it's a fucking comic con Um, so It's a Sunday of cons. It's like everyone is tired. Everyone is cranky. Everyone's a little embarrassed over something, what they've done this weekend. Um, and it's your time to go, you know, pick up the sales and, and, and do that. 
I'll just say this, you know, if you ever see those Daleks walking around, you know, the big, the big Daleks from the Doctor Who thing, look out for any, uh, any grates in the floor, because that's where they pee. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's way easier than extracting yourself from a one-ton piece of wood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, comic oh. cause. That's something. Yeah, I, like, you I wonder why it do. stinks like piss. <laughs> Frickin' cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes some of our audience. <laughs> and we lost another segment of people. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I love all the cosplayers. They're actually the only thing that's worth looking at when you go there. When somebody oh. does like a big outfit or whatever, or does a really shit job. <laughs> I love the shit ones you more. feel bad. Yeah, the, those ones are the guilty, the fun, guilty ones. But usually they have the biggest hearts. So, yep. yeah, there's there's that. There's that, indeed. All right, we made it, Phil. Looks like we made it to the end of the show. Well, the end of the news stuff. Anything else you want to bring up? Um, Apparently this summer, they're going to be deep-sixing the PlayStation 3 store, the PSP store, and the PS Vita store in August. So, uh, RIP to that. It's too bad you won't be able to get any upgrades or additional purchases for those handheld devices and home devices. Um, as well, Google Stadia announced this week that there's a whole slew of new games, which I get it. We talk about Stadia, and there's actually a lot of good news coming out about it, so that's great. The only thing is, is that the new Resident Evil promotion for the Google um, Founders Kit, which is like a controller and the Ultra Chromecast. It's included free if you pre-order the new Resident Evil game that's coming out in Mar in May. However, that's not applicable in Canada. Yeah, I saw. They actually sold out of all of those kits with the Cyberpunk 2077, and I guess they're having difficulty doing a restock. So we have been excluded uh, out of the regions, but anywhere else in the world, I believe uh, where you can get Google Stadia, you're going to be able to take advantage of that program. So, boo yeah. Canada. Yeah, and that's but the other that's thing, life. Right? I just want to give those updates in case people are asking. Yeah, but going back to the whole uh, chip shortage thing, we're going to be seeing that happen a lot. Where you know, yeah. I can see Canada being left out of where shit is going. Yeah, just like vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, yes. Ching. I'm here till Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm actually taking my grandma tomorrow for her vaccine. Yeah, I took my dad the other week. And apparently, like, I'm in a region where we are ahead of you guys by weeks. Yep. And I might be eligible for my vaccine in April. Sometime yep. in April. So I'm getting kind of stoked about the idea because like i say it was weird talking with my comic book store guy because that's the first conversation i've had with somebody outside of you and tyler and on one of our guests a pre-planned conversation i call it because we're making a show or whatever this was the first authentic uh conversation i had in the wilds in a long long time in over a year and it yeah. was terrifying and nice at the same time. It reminded me of the, the before times. It's funny. I went to a patio on Thursday, and I forgot how to how one needs to act when in public. 
I forgot when you order food. I forgot, <laughs> you know, how do I ask for something? It's so funny, but you're right. <laughs> like, I went to the mall once last year and I'm like, I feel like running now because people are freaking me out. And I'm like, yeah. that's not socially acceptable. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> yeah, that's something I haven't done. I haven't gone to a store in forever, even for groceries. Like, I might go to the corner store. Um, but I'm not, I haven't gone to like a no frills or Walmart or food basics or anything oh, like that. I told you my story last week that I went into food, uh, no frills, <laughs> just walked up to the cashier and this guy behind me is like, um, and I'm like, oh shit, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that's, so that's bad. I have gone to LCBOs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I have to go to the grocery stores. I go to the liquor store. I got to do my rounds. I got There are some things, but I try to limit it. Yeah. You know? I have this weird thing now where, like, I pre-plan all my meals I'm going to make for the week, you know, when I'm at my apartment. Mm. And that's how I, like, get my Walmart order in or wherever, wherever I'm going to order from. Um, grocery mm. gateway. Um, so, you know, it's just pre-planning that's and good. kind of thinking, what do I need to actually make this? So... Oh, I, I'm so bad at, like, I'll get an idea of what I want to do. Like, last week I wanted to make spaghetti or some kind of tomato sauce like Stanley Tucci did with his mom. And then I'm going around, I'm buying ingredients, and I'm, like, making it. And then it's, like, $40 later, three meals of this stuff that I'm just, like, absolutely not wanting to eat on the third night. <laughs> it's yeah. ugly, man. I got to pre-planned portions yeah so what i do is i typically like for example i'll now 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 we're in the how do you live as a single guy portion of the show um <laughs> i typically get like a whole chicken or half chicken and roast that motherfucker up and then use that for like as meal one then meal number two might be like fajitas or something right so add the onions add the peppers that's meal number two meal number three would be a soup so it's mm. kind of like deviating from yeah. the main thing and then seeing As what I can breaking make down. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's a lot of air fryer to cut down on the grease and whatnot yeah. so I can indulge in wings. The other thing I've been getting back into a little bit is frozen pizzas. Same here. Those Dr. Utgar. Yeah. Like they're cheap and it's like a quick meal. And it doesn't hit like a regular pizza as far as my blood sugar because I do have the diabetes. So I have to be very careful of that. And you know what? It's very predictable and it's very, um, yeah, it's just something I've been doing lately and, and grating some fresh mozzarella on it and and just adding stuff to it to make it a little bit more um, authentic or homemade-y. So. Yeah. So if any of our listeners have any tips for Phil and I to, 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 to better cook for ourselves, please send them and Phil can tell you where. Oh, yeah. You can, uh, you can track us down. On the internet, which is probably where you're listening to this right now, at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. And you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us this week. And we'll be sure to have a show for you coming out later on this week where we talk about our falcon and winter soldier experience and yeah if you uh, if you're perusing around be sure to subscribe to us and uh, leave a rate and review if at all possible and thanks again for spending your time with us
Thanks, Phil. All right, so we are the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things video games, all things books, all things comic books, all things toys, all things Muppets, all things Lego, all things cooking tips. And the best part of it all is, is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. It's the It's Canon Podcast. Goodbye.